0: You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks.
1: And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's July 23rd.
0: Recent health and economic trends suggest that continued vigilance is needed to fight the pandemic. The world needs to be as relentless as COVID-19 to defeat it. Says Rand's Krishna Kumar, who wrote this week about how to stamp out new strains of the virus and address gaps in the pandemic response, both in America and throughout the world. Here's an overview of his insights
1: In the U.S., uneven vaccination rates are allowing new strains, such as the highly contagious Delta variant, to spread rapidly in some areas, especially those with low vaccination rates. Why is it so important to tackle this problem now? Well, the efficacy of current vaccines against future variants is uncertain. But what is certain is that the virus will mutate and become more transmissible and possibly more harmful and deadly if there's a large unvaccinated population in which it continues to spread. Measures to help address vaccine hesitancy and ensure that more people get the shot include providing vaccination incentives, combating misinformation about vaccines and the virus, and tailoring public health messages to specific communities.
0: In many other parts of the world, the main challenge is lack of vaccine availability, rather than hesitancy. Although the G7 countries have agreed to supply vaccines to poorer countries, Kumar says that it might not be enough to meet the massive demand. That's why developed countries could also further ramp up their vaccine production and help developing countries increase their own capacity. Additionally, relaxing trade restrictions on vaccine components and other goods could help address supply chain challenges.
1: Of course, the pandemic has taken a toll on the nation's economy in addition to its public health. The U.S. as a whole is in a much better economic situation now than it was several months ago, but nearly 9.5 million people remain unemployed. And at the same time, there are labor shortages and pressures on wages in higher skilled job sectors, such as manufacturing and educational services, but not in the lower wage, leisure and hospitality sector. To support U.S. economic recovery, Kumar recommends investing in skills and job training to help connect unemployed people with unfilled job openings. He also suggests expanding childcare assistance to help women who've been pushed out of the labor force in record numbers return to work.
0: Without efforts such as these that fight back against the pandemic's ongoing toll on people's lives and livelihoods, Kumar fears that, quote, a future mutation or two of this ruthless virus could send us scurrying for cover again.
1: Sexual assault and sexual harassment remain a persistent problem in the U.S. military, especially for women and for sexual minorities. Rand has been studying this topic for years, and our new report released this week highlights just how prevalent these crimes are. The report estimates that 1 in 16 women in the military have experienced sexual assault, and 1 in 4 have experienced sexual harassment. The prevalence among men is 1 in 143 for sexual assault, and 1 in 16 for sexual harassment. There's also concern about the risks faced by service members who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual, or who otherwise do not identify as heterosexual. This group represented only 12% of the active component population in 2018, but it accounted for approximately 43% of all sexually assaulted service members that same year. Our new report also helps to chart a path forward, concluding that bold action is needed to stop these troubling trends. The authors identify several recommendations. For instance, establishing multiple channels for service members to report sexual assault and harassment, including confidential channels that exist outside their chain of command. This could help ensure that more incidents are reported.
0: How are China, Russia, and North Korea using disinformation on social media to advance their interests? And how is the U.S. responding? According to a New Rand report, the disinformation campaigns executed by these states may be more nuanced than they're commonly portrayed. For instance, while it's true that disinformation campaigns can be effective tools for intimidation, dividing the public, and discrediting governments, there is limited evidence that they can change people's strongly held beliefs. Another important finding from this report is that, thus far, much of the U.S. response to disinformation remains ad hoc and uncoordinated. Unsurprisingly, the report also finds that foreign disinformation campaigns on social media aren't going anywhere. They will likely increase over the coming decade. What's less clear is who has the competitive edge in this battle. This is because both the disinformation campaigns used by foreign adversaries and the U.S. response to them are evolving simultaneously.
1: Now that we've covered foreign state-sponsored disinformation campaigns on social media, What about disinformation, or misinformation for that matter, that's spread by your average social media user? We know that this is also a challenge, and to address it, social media platforms typically rely on human moderation. Human moderators review content only after it has already been posted, and then identified as potentially objectionable, either by other users or by an algorithm. This slow process often allows hateful, violent, or false material to spread wildly before it's removed. According to Rand's Christopher Paul and Hilary Reininger of the Party Rand Graduate School, there may be another option. Social media platforms could use algorithms to generate prompts that encourage users to moderate or fact-check their own content before posting it. This idea of self-moderation isn't totally new. Some platforms, namely Twitter and Facebook, have already begun experimenting with prompts. And while the algorithms used to create these prompts are not perfect, they do help platforms identify a much larger set of posts that potentially violate standards than what's possible with the human moderation model. Paul and Reininger say that there's good reason to continue to explore the use of prompts. Not only could they help reduce the spread of harmful content, they could do so while respecting individuals' freedom of expression.
0: The space tourism industry saw key milestones this month. On July 11th, Richard Branson and a small crew boarded his Virgin Galactic spacecraft and flew more than 50 miles up to the edge of space. And on Tuesday, fellow billionaire Jeff Bezos, along with three others, also embarked on a short flight to space in a Blue Origin space capsule reaching an altitude of about 66 miles. As private space ventures like these increase in scale and frequency, and as space activity in general increases, so too will the risks. That's the subject of a recent paper, in which RAND experts consider some of the biggest potential problem areas in a more crowded outer space. Things like space traffic management and mitigating space debris, not to mention the growing threat of extraterrestrial conflicts. Importantly, the paper also outlines the first steps toward ensuring responsible behavior in this new space era. Key to safety and security going forward will be increased communication, engagement, and transparency among all major space players, both nations and private corporations.